It wakes our hearts. God, we thank you for awakening our hearts today, God. Take us deeper into your love, God, into your presence. We want more of you, God. It's an open heaven you're releasing. We will never be denied. Come on, we're stirring up. Because we're stirring up deep, deep wells. We're stirring up deep, deep waters. We're going to dance in the river. Dance in the river. We're stirring up deep, deep wells. We're stirring up.
with God. And for some reason, the Holy Spirit just quickened in me that when I was about a probably third grader, I was in a swimming pool and I dove. I thought it said nine feet and it was six feet. And so I scraped my face on the bottom of the pool. It was a really rough pool. Came up, it was a bloody mess. And for years after that, I was scared to dive. I mean, I, I, would, I would not even attempt it until I was probably almost 30 years old. One day I was like, I'm going to overcome this fear of diving. And so I was at Pastor's Pool. We were swimming over there. They were gone, and they had said, come over and use our pool. And so I was, it was just my family, and, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to overcome this fear of diving. And I did. I dove that day over and over and over. I don't dive a lot now, but I overcame that fear, and so I was done, you know. But I just heard God say, because of hurts in people's life, they're afraid. They're okay to just kind of wade in God and, and in His presence and in His love. But they're afraid to just go deeper with Him because the hurts of the past, are, are they're just real cautious and they're scared. And God is saying, man, I got you. I'm not going to let you drown. I'm not going to let you get hurt. You know, people are going to hurt you, but God never will. And when people hurt you, God is there to comfort you and to bring you the truth and to heal your heart. So today, let's just sing, God, we're falling into deeper waters. And today, just let, I'm telling you, if you would just take the nasty plunge, is that what it is? Just plunge into his love, plunge into his presence, and let God heal those hurts. He will never let you down. Amen? Let's sing that we're falling. We're falling into deeper waters, calling out to you. dive into your love, God. It never fails. It never gives up, God. Thank you, Lord, for your constant, steady love.
stronger than the power of the grave. Constant through the trial and the change, this one thing remains your love. Your love never fails and never gives up and never runs out on me. Your love never fails and never gives up and never runs out on me. Your love never fails and never gives up and never runs out on me. Your
never gives up, it never runs out on me. Your love never fails, it never gives up, it never runs out on me. Your love never fails, it never gives up, it never runs out on me. Your love never fails, it never gives up, it never runs out on me. Your love never fails, it never gives up, it never runs out on me. Your love. Yes, God, we praise you for your love, God. God, we just worship you. We just receive your love today, God. Give us a greater revelation of how deep your love is, God. He is jealous for me. Love's like a hurricane. I am a tree. Bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy When all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions Eclipsed by glory And I realize just how beautiful you are And how great your affections are for me And oh, how he loves us so, oh, how he loves us, how he loves us so. a hurricane. I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy. When all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory and I realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me and oh how he loves us so oh how he loves us how he loves us so
is our prize Drawn to redemption by the grace in his eyes If grace is an ocean, we're all sinking, yes And heaven meets earth like a sloppy wet kiss And my heart turns violently inside of my chest And I don't have time to Sometimes it seems like everything comes at once. And sometimes it seems like our prayers just don't go past the ceiling. But God just spoke to my heart and he said, Declare an open heaven over this house. So I do that now. I declare an open heaven. And what I see is I see like a zipper in the heavens and God reaches up and takes that zipper and he pulls it clear back and now everything you ask is heard everything you want becomes what God is working on for you and God says now now that the heavens are open I'm going to pour out my love through this open heaven. And those of you that could not really feel my love, I declare to you today, you will feel my love. It isn't goosebumps you need. It's my love you need. And I pour it out, and I pour it out, and I say, be baptized with love today. People will know you by my love. They won't know you by some great feats that you perform. They'll know you by how you treat others. They'll know you about the words that you speak. They'll know you by your love for me. They'll feel your love, which is my love, coming out of you. So this day, I just declare, the heavens are now opened over this house. And they won't be zipped back up. They are open. And the things that God wants to do, he is now able to do. Because the people have a soft heart where they've had a hard one. The people are beginning to understand God is able to do anything. Just believe God. Don't listen to men, but pray your prayers in this open heaven 
and watch God work for you. Watch him do the things you've asked him to. And watch him change you into what he wants for him. Will you receive that love this morning? Just receive that love of God this morning. Just receive that love of God. You know, I was the youngest of five. Um, well, I still am. But um, And when we were growing up, you know, it seemed like that maybe we felt like our parents didn't have enough love for all of us. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, you treat this one better. You treat that one better. You treat that one better. I'm telling you, there is not an end to God's love. 
there's not an end to that. It isn't just like, okay, well, let's run out. We're, there isn't any left. I'm sorry, Cade. There's none left for you. You know, there, we, we've just got, we've, the, all the love is used up. There is an endless supply of love. Just put your hand on your heart this morning. And my prayer for you is that you will begin to realize and encounter the endless supply of God's love. The Word of God says that He is love. There is no darkness in Him. There is no turning. There is no shadows. It's only light, and it's the light of His love. I pray that, that you just receive an abundance of His love. That in times in your life where it's hurting, where you're hurting, where things are difficult, where may even you may be weak, that God's love will come. God's love will be there, and it will, it will be an endless supply. Like, like Virginia was prophesying this morning that the open heaven means it's just removed the lid. It's removed that lid that it's now open for us to be able to access that, that you access it in such a greater way today in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Can we give the Lord some praise in the house? Hallelujah. Listen, get out of your seats, meet and greet somebody this morning. We're glad you're here this morning. We bless you and experience God's love today.
the way it had to be maybe there's a beauty in this tragedy I don't know but I hope so maybe time it doesn't have a lot you choose learning how to find is learning how to lose I don't Praise the Lord. God is good all the time. Amen. Okay, go ahead and find your seats. We're glad you are all here today. Welcome. All right. Um, just remember to keep Bill, Harper, and Twyla in your prayers. Um, I know Twyla is still dealing with a lot of pain, right, Mike? Um, so I don't think we really understand the depth of what took place in her back. I mean, she has a, like, 18, is the rod that long? So two rods that were screwed together in her back where it was broken and so you know when I talked to her the other day she was, she was just kind of wanting to know from the doctor how what the process is how long is she looking like this we're, we're still going to declare a supernatural recovery amen and uh, Bill had a little fever yesterday but he or a day before but he did not have the fever yesterday so thank you for praying I know we posted that and uh, the spot on the incision was not growing so it's got to go down now in Jesus' name. So that's right. We're going to give God the glory. Amen. Um, we, you guys got all the Riverside girls already. Give yourselves a hand. Um, I know they're going to have the, the video ready. So this is 
Uh, if you'd like to sew into the trip, going down there, they take a large group down there. That's going. So if you'd like to sew and be a part of that, into the snacks that they'll take for the girls, because they love these hot Cheetos and drinks, and uh, sometimes we take bathroom items, toiletry items like that to them. Um, so if you'd like to be a part of any of that, you're welcome to, to sew into that. Also, if you want to get uh, a girl specifically, you can pick up one of these sheets. It's back there on the Riverside table. It gives you the website to go to, and you can still get uh, one of the girls from another from another dorm and guys. So, But our dorm is taken care of, so praise the Lord. Good job, you guys. Good job. All right. Well, you want to show that clip right quick? Girls that you have, make sure you have your gift here by December 1st. For the first time ever, I'm so proud of myself. I went online, I got the girls' gift ordered, and it's already here now. I just got to wrap it. And get, I'm like, woohoo, it feels good to have it already accomplished. So just want to encourage you to have it here because they do a lot of work behind the scenes to, to get that ready. So you need your girl's name on there, all the information, the dorm, the dorm room, and uh, we'll be able, that'll make it all flow easier. Amen? Um, something Casey brought up, if you have a prayer request, you know, that's um, a family member or anything like that or friends, I think there should be prayer request forms in the back of your seats right there. And if you will get those, turn them, maybe even put them in the offering basket when you come and give your offering. There are prayer teams that will pray over those needs. So we're excited about that. So if you have any prayer requests that you'd like to write down and just put it in the offering basket, that would be awesome. Um, Richard? Uh, I ask right now, before I get started, for a young man's forgiveness. But I don't forgive. I ask for forgiveness for how much I love him, Pastor Jerry. This Friday, our uh, our father of the house has a birthday, and he's turning seventy nine. So I got with Christy. We made up something for him 
an offering basket and it says Pa, Pappy, Daddy, Dad, Papa, Padre, Pop, Pappy, all the loving names that you might want to attach to Pastor Jerry. Now, I know he is very awkward inside about us taking up a birthday offering. You want to come up this morning when we do tithes and offerings? Take the time to write a little note to him and put that in there. Or you want to give an offering. Whatever it is that God places on your heart to do. But if anything at all today, what would mean more to him than anything? Before he leaves the building today, go up, take his hand, give him a big hug, and love on him. Because that's, that's what he enjoys the most. So let's let's love on Pastor Jerry today. If it's a it's a love offering, if it's a note, just write something on the back of the, one of the tithe uh, envelopes. Anything you might happen to have, come on up and drop it in the basket, so we can just shower him with the love that that he deserves. He's he's the father of the house. So I say I'm pretty partial because he's my daddy. He's my daddy, and I love, love, love him very much. And, you know, I don't know too many 79-year-olds that their daughter can still ski, snow ski with them. Go, daddy. Now, don't leave. <laughs> All right, well, let's stand up and let's get ready to give to the Lord. I just want to declare over our tithes and offerings today, if you'll just declare with me, because there is power in declaration. How many of you are um, utilizing, well, don't raise your hand, but we have declarations here over prayer and prophecy this month. And, you know, the third one is, um, the third one is I wage good and victorious warfare over the prophecies that have been spoken over my life. You know, I take that very seriously. And I have over, Eric and I together have over like 79 prophetic words. That have been spoke, and I have them all on my phone. I took the cassettes from years ago. I recorded on onto my iPhone, and so I go and I listen to those. Eric will be driving in the car, and I'll plug in my uh, my phone to the to the vehicle and say, "We're going to listen to these, and we're going to declare what what these words are spoken over our lives." So, if you haven't ever received a prophetic word. We're going to have prophetic teams. I know Pastor is going to talk about it, but this flows into prophetic teams on, on Wednesday night this week because this month is prayer and prophecy. So, uh, you know, prophecy is just hearing from heaven of what God wants to speak to you. So if you've got prophetic words that are you're still waiting to manifest, just declare them. Don't forget about them. Take them off the shelf. And begin to declare the word of God over your life of what those prophetic words. You know, some of ours are 10 years old. Some, some of mine, I go, it goes way back. And I'm like, God, I'm still believing you for what you spoke over my life to come to manifestation. Amen? Amen. So as we receive today's tithes and offerings, repeat after me. As we receive today's tithes and offerings... We are believing you for heaven open, earth invaded, storehouses unlocked, 
and miracles created. Dreams and visions. Angelic visitations. Declarations, visitations, and divine manifestations. Anointings, giftings, and calls. Positions and promotions. Provisions and resources. Souls and more souls from every generation. Saved and set free. Carrying the kingdom revelation. Thank you, Father, that as we join our value system to yours, you will shower favor, blessings, and increase upon our lives so that we can co-labor with heaven and see heaven come to earth. And everyone said, Amen. Let's come and give. Somebody needs to give Jesus a praise today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, real quickly, if you if you guys if you've had a or having a birthday, have had a birthday this month or having one, would you stand up? We got a few in here. I know Courtney and that this yeah. Uh, Holly, is that right? Uh, who else? Let's say happy birthday to everybody. Happy birthday. All right. Where's Angel? He got there you go. All right. Happy birthday. Turn to somebody and say happy birthday to him. We bless them. They're like, Pastor, why aren't you singing them happy birthday? Because you haven't heard me sing. Everybody got, everybody got their Bibles? Say, I got my word. Now listen, if you use an electronic device, go ahead and use it. If you've got an iPad, iTouch, touch, one of those things, Kindles, whatever it is, your iPhone, 
Feel free to go ahead and use it. I know you won't be playing solitaire. I know that you will be looking at the Word of God through it. We're going to start off with uh, 1 Corinthians 14.3. So if you can get to that scripture, we're going to get involved in that very, very quickly. Um, I'm just really excited. There's just something going on in my spirit. There's something that's just taking place that I'm just very, very... There's Courtney. Courtney, we waved everybody's happy birthday. So let's say happy birthday, Courtney. Happy birthday, Courtney. She was out there helping with the kids or doing something that God wants her to do. Um, 1 Corinthians 14.3. Then I want you to turn to Ezekiel. We're going to look at verse thir- or chapter 37. So 1 Corinthians 14.3 and Ezekiel 37. Um, but how many of you know we love to give? We love to give. So I've got a couple CD series that I want to give. I'm going to hold off on that prophetic one right there. That's, uh, but I've got four stages of spiritual development. Who, who wants this CD series? Who, who wants this CD series? Or, okay, here we go. And i got one more. Foundations for Christian living. Somebody, Dwayne's like, I come all the way from the back. Let's give the Lord some praise for that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So listen, we just want you guys to know that you are blessed. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm blessed. You are blessed. Why? Because you know what? Well, maybe because you're not in the middle of a snowstorm, a blizzard. Maybe because you've got maybe heat and electricity in your house. Uh, Come on, somebody. Maybe you're not from, you know, the really close to the equator. And you, you know, when we had Jackson Sinyanga, who was from Uganda, it was, it was, uh, it was 80 degrees and he was wearing a coat. And he told me, he said, you know, it's cold, it's chilly here. And we're like, chilly? It's 80 degrees, but where he was from, you know, when it was used to be at 100 or 110, when it was 80, it was cool, so he would put a, he would put a coat on. So we're, we're in a good place. And also, statistically, you're in church today, and did you know that sh- church is a safe place to be? <laughs> so turn to your neighbor and say, you're in a safe place today. You're in a safe place today. We're going to talk a little bit about... Um, the prophecy, we're going to talk a little bit about the next, uh, today, and then also Wednesday we've got special teams. I'm going to share with you a little bit about that. But how many of you have ever received a prophetic word? Just a survey? I like to do surveys. Okay, let's try it the other way around. How many of you have not ever received what we would call a prophetic word? Okay, good. All right, good. All right, good. We're going to talk a little bit about the prophetic and what it is and what it's not. They're going to talk just a little bit about the prophetic and what it is and what it's not. The prophetic is not fortune-telling. Say, it's not that. It's not fortune-telling. It's not saying, yes, you go to this casino and you pull this lever and these numbers are going to come up and you're going to get your house paid off. Come on, somebody. It's not not fortune-telling. The prophetic word is not the psychics. It is not the psychics. In fact, the prophetic gifting that people, that psychics have is actually a godly gift that the enemy has stolen and he uses it. How many of you ever seen some of that psychic stuff? And it's accurate, isn't it? There's some, there's some of it that's accurate. I could get into why that is and the familiar spirits and how generational spirits can track things and know demonic can begin to tell in, in you know, can tell you know, if you had somebody that, that had an accident by a tree in 1872, and they're like, how do they know that? Because that operates that way. But the prophetic, and we're going to talk a little bit about the Old Testament. Real quickly, the Old Testament prophets can prophesy 
doom and gloom. They prophesied doom and gloom. And, you know, there's times where there was the judgment of God. There was those things that were taking place. And you can look prophetically through that. How many of you know they prophesied about Jesus over and over and over in the Old Testament and was really pointing to Jesus? Because it's really all about Jesus. When we look at, when we look at our lives, it's really got to be about Christ. It's got to be about Him. It's got to be about, about the blood that was shed for us on Calvary, the death, burial, and the resurrection. Are you with me? And see this seat over here? That's where Jesus is seated. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, and we are seated with Him. See, so when we begin to see the prophetic come forth in the New Testament, Paul breaks it down and he says, there's some components in prophesying. And he says, all of you should prophesy. All of you should be able to speak forth what God is saying. But here's, the, here's some of the conditions of it. Is number one, it says, it should strengthen others. Say, strengthen others. See, is that what it says? Let's read this with me. Let's read Corinthians 4, uh, 14, 3. This is in the New Living Translation. Let's read it all together. Ready? Read. One who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. I love this. I love it. Because some people are like, well, we don't believe in that prophetic stuff. Well, uh, just because you don't believe in it doesn't mean it's not so. Hello? And prophetic, the prophecies, the prophetic word, the prophetic voice is for today. It is for today. And, and as we prophesy, as we speak forth things in people's lives, I want it to be able to have these three things. I want it to be able to strengthen. I want it to be able to encourage. And I also want the prophetic word to bring comfort. How many of you may not realize this, but there are times where when something goes on in your life, somebody may come up and speak comfort into your life. That would actually fall under the umbrella of prophesying, of speaking what God says. How many of you know that we have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is supposed to be a comforter? He's supposed to be a comforter. He brings you comfort. So I want to look at a couple things this morning. When we go to Ezekiel, let's turn to Ezekiel chapter 37. And there's... um, we were talking about dreams and visions. Let me lay down a little. Let me lay down a little foundation here for Ezekiel. Ezekiel, he, they, Israel was taken in captivity, and Ezekiel was a priest. He was a prophet for the nation of Israel. And there were two parts in this book of Ezekiel. There was the fall of Jerusalem, and they were taken in captivity. That was about 586 A.D. And the first part of this book, if you read through the the book of Ezekiel, the first part of this book, you would see Ezekiel, who is a prophet, who is a priest. Now, remember, he's Old Testament. Are you with me? He was an Old Testament prophet. He began to preach about repentance. He began to preach about judgment. He would preach about those things. And then the second part, the second half, was when Israel was taken captive, you can begin to look and see where he, he had a dream, say he had a dream. It wasn't like Martin Luther that says, you know, I have a dream, and his great dream speech, that's an amazing thing. But he began, he had a dream, he had a vision. God wants to speak to us through dreams and visions. Now, some of you might be like me. A lot of times they're like, Shelly's like, she's a dreamer, she's a dreamer. Virginia's a dreamer, and they're talking about dreams. And I'm like, I close my eyes, I get up in the morning, and say, what did you dream about? I was like, it was black. Do I have anybody that, 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 I have a few of you around here. Just like, you know, they're, 
they're, you know, flying on eagles' wings and they're having all these cool dreams and stuff. Now, I do dream. I do dream. And statistically, they say you dream like six or seven times. And a lot of times you get up. Anybody ever gotten up and, and you, know, you know, had to get a glass of water, use your bathroom or whatever it is that you do? You've got this dream and you've had this dream. And then you go to the restroom or you get a glass of water or something. You go back to bed. You get up in the morning and you forgot the dream. Anybody? <laughs> I've done that too. I was like, man, I had this real cool dream, but I don't remember what the dream was because I got a glass of water and then went back to bed and forgot the dream. Forgot the dream. So here's the thing that I want you to understand. Ezekiel, he was a dreamer. He would have a dream. He would have a vision. He would have dreams. And we're going to go over that really quickly. But the first part was he was prophesying about judgment. Say judgment. Now, the second part was while the Israelites were in captivity, all right? Here is God's chosen people that were taken in captivity, taken away from their homeland. They were in bondage. They were in Babylon. They were, they were stuck. Anybody ever been in a place in their life where they've been stuck? Oh, come on, somebody. You, you, you get to a place where you, you've been stuck in your life. And then all of a sudden, Ezekiel, he begins to prophesy. He begins to prophesy restoration. He begins to prophesy hope. Oh, come on, somebody. You know, we've got to understand that we are a prophetic generation, that we are a prophetic people, and we prophesy vision. We prophesy future. We prophesy hope. We've got to speak things into existence. God did that. Isn't that God's DNA? He spoke things that be not as though they were. Has you ever had a situation, anybody ever had a situation in their life that they felt was hopeless? I, I think all of us could raise our hands. It's like there's a hopeless situation. And you can speak hope or you can speak the negative to that. But I want to be able to see what Ezekiel did. And let's look at some situations. Now, I need some of you guys to really understand a couple things as we get into this. When we talk about Ezekiel's dream. We're going to talk a little bit about, real quickly, the Jewish culture. The Jewish culture was, was that of, it was humiliating if, if for when somebody was to die, for the body not to be washed and cleansed and purified and spices and wrapped and prepared. Are you with me? So, you know, remember when Jesus was, when he died, he was on the cross, and then he died, and they, and they said, look, can I have his body? Because I want to prepare it for burial. So it was very humiliating when you get into this dream and vision. It was very disturbing for Ezekiel because there was the lack of dignity there. So when you see that, you may not understand it because we look at things from a Western mindset. We look at things from a Western mindset. We look at things, even I could say, from a Greek mindset. And we need to look at things from a Hebrew mindset. A Hebrew mindset. That's, that's, that's the mindset of God. So that Jewish culture is, is it, it's, you have to understand that Ezekiel understood that that was impure to him, what his dream was about. Okay, so is everybody there? Ezekiel 37. We're turning to Zeke. I'm going to call him Zeke today. Zeke 37. We're going to talk about the valley of the dry bones. I want to see how this can begin to relate to you individually, to us as a church, to us as a state, 
even to us as a nation and to the world. We're going we're gonna to look at that. Because I'm going I'm to even know, my, my biblical view is not just about me forward, my forward, my forward no more. My biblical view is a world biblical view. It, it, it impacts us individually, personally. It impacts us as a church. It impacts us as a state and a nation and a world. Ezekiel 37. Everybody there say, I'm there. If you're not or you don't have a device to look on, you can maybe sit next to somebody and, and just look over there, look over on their Bible. I'm just going to read verses. Uh, let's, do, let's do the 1 through 10 real quick. This situation that Israel had was hopeless. Have you had a hopeless situation in your life? Have you had a situation in your life that you just thought, there's no hope? There's no hope to it. So we're going to be able to relate to this. But I want to remind you of one scripture. Write this down. Matthew 19, 26. Matthew 19, 26. All things are possible to him that believe. Say, all things are possible. Okay, let me jump into this. The hand of the Lord was now. This is Ezekiel, and he is in a vision. He's in a dream, all right? Everybody with me? He's, he, he's, he's seeing some things prophetically that are, that, are, that are taking place. He says, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and he set me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. Remember the Jewish culture? It was, it was irritating to Ezekiel. He shouldn't have been there. It was unclean. He probably had the heebie-jeebies or the creepy-creepies or whatever it is that you, or you, that you get when, when, when you see those things. And he, verse 2, And he caused me to pass them uh, among them and round and about. And behold, there were many on the surface of the valley, and lo, they were dry. Very dry. Say very dry. Ever had some dry times in your life? Yeah. I have too. Has you've had dry times? Absolutely. There's been some very dry times. Now, here's a question that the Lord begins to ask Ezekiel in this dream. Verse 3. He said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? Can these bones live? And I love Zeke's answer. Zeke's like, uh, you know, a lot of times we're like, well, uh, you know, I think so. Uh, yeah, I'm by faith, I'm thinking, no, yeah, oh, yeah, we're going to, I think they can live. Zeke's like, Lord, you're the one that knows. You're the one that knows. And there's times we just got to say, Lord, you're the one that knows. So Zeke, he didn't, he didn't really commit either way, did he? He just said, look, Lord, you're the, one, you're the one that knows. So that's how he answered his question. Because God asks us questions. And he doesn't ask us questions because he doesn't know the answer. You, you realize that, right? You know, it's like, well, God asked me a question the other day. Well, what? Well, I don't know. I think he forgot. He, you know, he needs me to tell him what the answer is. And, no, he, God, he knows the answer. He just wants to know if you know the answer to it. Verse 3. He said to me, Son of man, can these, both limbs, these bones live? And he answered, Oh, Lord, you're the only one that knows. And again, he said to me, Prophesy. 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 Remember, speaking the word of God. Speaking what we know in the New Testament as encouraging, strengthening, and comforting. He says, prophesy over these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God of these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you that you may come to life. Let me just park right there just a moment. Let me just stop right there. Ezekiel has this dream. 
he sees the dry bones and the Lord asks him a question. Are these bones going to live? I mean, they were dried bones. They weren't bones that were just recently there, a carcass that was just there recently. How many of you know when the bones begin to dry, they begin to fossilize? Are you with me? So they could have been there quite some time. So he was beginning to look at that. And we can look at a situation in our life and we can go, oh my goodness, it's like dry bones. But he says, are they going to live? And he says, Lord, you're the only one that knows. And he says, why don't you do this, Zeke? Why don't you begin to start prophesying? To those dry bones. Why don't you prophesy? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to prophesy to those dry bones. And I want you to say that life is going to enter into them and they are going to live. That picture of him prophesying to those dry bones or, or beginning to, to speak to those dry bones is a picture of our prophetic destiny. We, we need to speak things into existence. Didn't God create the world? And how did he create the world? Do you know how he saw? He saw there was darkness and he said, let there be light. He spoke things into existence. I have spoken things into existence in my life. How many of you know you can speak healing into existence? How many also know you can speak sickness into existence? Well, you get up one morning. I got up one morning. This was years ago. I, I had a headache and I didn't, you know, it was 6 o'clock in the morning. I went to work. And I got to work, and somebody said, man, you look really rough. You have a bad night? I had a really bad night. You feeling bad? Yeah, I'm feeling kind of bad. Two hours later, we took a break, 8.15. We went down to the break room. They said, you feeling bad? Well, you look bad. You feeling really bad. I'm telling you, by noon, I was going home. Are you with me? And then there's times when I begin to, I know that I can have what I say. And I want to have what I say that lines up with God. That's what I want to have that I can say. It's got to line up with God. Amen. And God wants us to have health and healing. There was a time where I got up in the morning and had a headache, and I said, that headache's not going to stop me today. They came in and said, you, you, you don't look too good. You don't feel too good. I said, no, but I'm getting better. I'm going to re receive my healing in the name of Jesus. And then at 8.15, I went down in the break room. They said, hey, you're looking a little bit better today. I said, I'm feeling better today. I'm feeling better than I was before. And how many of you know I was able to put in a full, productive day and give God glory for that? Hallelujah, because I can speak those things. I prophesied to my body and said, you line up with the Word of God. You are not going to be sick today. I don't have time to be sick. Anybody don't have time to be sick? I don't have time to be sick. I don't, I'm going to prophesy health. I'm going to prophesy healing into my life. Verse 5, thus says the Lord God of these bones, Behold, I will cause breath, say breath, breath to enter into you that you may come to life. I will put sinews on you. That's, that's like uh, ligaments, tendons. Okay, so you've got the bones. Now all of a sudden he's saying, I'm going to prophesy to these bones. You're going to come together. Now the sinew of, are, are going to be back on you. The flesh is to grow back on you, cover you with skin, and put breath in you that you may come alive. And you will know that I am the Lord. So Ezekiel goes on in verse 7. He said, So I prophesied as I was commanded. There was a noise. And behold, a rattling. Oh, man, a rattling. Can you imagine what that rattling? There was an army of bones. From wherever he could see, there were bones on the ground. Can you imagine those bones? Can you imagine what that heard, what that was like? I can't imagine that it was probably, it was probably just high decibel, just rattling going on. And how many of you know something's going on? He's seeing in his vision that something's going on. And he says he prophesied as he was commanded, and there was a noise, and behold, a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to its bone. 
And he looked, and behold, the sinews were on them, and the flesh grew skin, and he covered them. What a dream, man! Somebody needs to make a made-for-TV movie of this dream. I mean, I mean, you know, with all the death culture that's out there, the zombies and all this other stuff, it's like, man, somebody needs to take that death and turn it into life and come out with a movie on this thing. I mean, I'm t- some people are like, well, I don't want to do that. Why? Because it's in the Bible. I'm telling you, that would sell. If you had some of that bones rattling like this, and then all of a sudden the... Oh, come on, somebody. Y'all act like you're church people or something. That you, you never watched a bad movie in your life or been never seen, you know, this, all this, you know, this, this ooky, gooky, you know, tendons and all that other stuff. And, right? Turn to your neighbor and say, I know he's not talking about you. Say, I know he's, you are holy and everything. You got, you got it all going on. You know, but so these things were rattling. And then all of a sudden, this, the, the, the tendons and the ligaments. I mean, how many of you know that's kind of yucky stuff? Yeah? And then the flesh begins to come on there. And look at verse 8, and he says, he said that the skin covered them. He said, but there was, there was no breath. There was no breath. Verse 9, and he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man. Say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath. Breathe on these that are slain. And they came to life. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came in. And they came to life, and they stood on their feet. And there was an exceedingly great army. What a dream! I'm like, man, I just dream black stuff. I just close my eyes, and that's what it is. And Zeke's got... He's got this dream of, you know, bones and, and they're coming together and the, the ligaments and tendons are coming on those things and flesh is flying on them. I mean, he's just having, that'd be, you know, they'll be going, this is a cool dream. And then he's looking at, and he's got all this, this army of people. And I guess they were standing up. They, you know, how many of you know when, when you get knocked down, you got to get back up? Oh, that's a word for somebody this morning. When you get back, when you get knocked down, you got to get back up. So we understand real quickly in this, he prophesied twice here. Are you with me? He prophesied twice. Number one, he prophesied to the bones, didn't he? Prophesied to the bones. And he said, to look, the, the ligaments, the tendons, the sinews, you come on there. And then the, the, it, the skin, you know what the, the technical legal term, the medical term for skin is contemporaneously tissue. It's contemporaneous tissue. That's what skin's called in a medical term. So all of a sudden, this the flesh, oh, come on, somebody. You have dry bones. Now you've got it covered with tendons and ligaments, and now the flesh has come. And he's looking, and he's seeing an entire army out there. Now he tells them to prophesy the second time. Say number two. The number two thing that he prophesied over was what? Breath. Breath. You can do a study. You can look at this word. This word is a Hebrew word called ruach. It is the same word used when God breathed on Adam. How many of you know there's life in the breath of God? Oh, come on. Did you hear me? There's life in the breath of God. It's like, whoa. It's the same thing. He, he breathed on Adam and he brought breath. How many of you know when he created Adam from the dirt of the ground, he created him and he was there created, but he didn't have life. Same thing Ezekiel saw right here, but there wasn't that, there wasn't that life. So let's, let me look at verse, verses 11 and read through 14 because he begins to explain the vision. Verse 11, and he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. In other words, let me break this vision down that you're having. This is the house of Israel. Behold, they are our bones, and they're dried up, and their hope has perished. 
They were in captivity. Their hope has perished, and they were completely cut off. Has anybody ever felt completely cut off in the place today? There's been times in my life where I've felt completely cut off, and I might have been around a lot of people, but I can still feel completely cut off. Maybe I'm just preaching to me. That was a good time to say amen. Verse 12, Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves, my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord. And when have I opened your graves and caused you to come up out of your graves, my people, I will put my spirit within you and you will come to life. I will place you in your own land And you will know that I am the Lord and have spoken and have done it, declares the Lord. There's a couple things in this vision. Would you open this for me? There's a couple things in here that I want us to really begin to look at. So not only prophesies to the bones, he prophesies breath. Say there's life in breath. Thank you, honey. And there's life in water, too. Thank you, dear. There's life in breath. There's life in water. He begins to explain this. Here it is. These are the dry bones. This is Israel. Israel was at a place in their nation where they thought they had no hope. Have you ever been a place in your life? Have we ever been in a place in this nation where we thought we have no hope? We may, this may be just right for today. This may be right for today. He began to explain the vision. There's a couple things within this vision that I really that I really need you to be able to see. There's a couple things. Number one, the, the whole house of Israel represents the bones. Say the bones. The bones. Anybody like the bones? Anybody have a chicken? I, I, I can suck my chicken bone dry, y'all. Some people are like, no, I don't leave no meat on my chicken bone. I'll get everything I can get out of it. I'm going to get out of it. These were dried bones. This was the house of Israel. The house of Israel. Their hope was gone. They were dry. They were in captivity. They thought maybe that God had abandoned them. Are you with me? You may think that God has abandoned you, but I'm here to tell you that there is some sinew coming your way. There is some some ligaments coming your way. There is some skin coming your way. They felt completely cut off. I've felt cut off before. The other thing is he told him, he said, begin to prophesy. Prophesy what? Prophesy they come to life. Let me say that again. Prophesy they come to life. Turn to your neighbor and prophesy them. Say, come to life. Come on, say, tell them, come to life. Come to life. There's some things in there that may be dead that that they've got to begin to come to life. They've got to come to life. See, in verse 12, let's look at verse 12. He said, therefore, prophecy, prophesy to them and says, this is what the Lord says. I will open up your graves and I will cause you to come out of your graves. How many of you know that's coming from death to life? Come out! Come out! Jesus heard about Lazarus and he loved Mary and Martha so much that they said, you know, Lazarus is dead. Why'd you let him die, Lord? He said, he's not dead, he's sleeping. Now listen, a lot of us don't know the Jewish background behind that. Four days is why Jesus waited to bring Lazarus out of the dead. Do you know why? 
Because there's three days within the Jewish tradition that that spirit will hover over the body. Jesus intentionally waited to the fourth day so the Jews that were going to see him come to life would say the spirit is definitely gone, so it has to be a miracle, and you are the Son of God. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise for that. Hallelujah. So he waited for that fourth day to be able to cause and bring Lazarus out. It's the same thing that Israel was looking as a nation, and they were like, we're dried up. It's difficult. We're on bondage. It's a difficult place to be. And he was wanting to bring them out. In verse 13, he goes on. He says, then you will know that I am the Lord. In other words, you will experience me. You'll experience my goodness. You'll experience my grace. You'll experience my mercy. You'll experience my love. I want to experience his love in a deeper measure. How about you? I want to be able to experience it in such a greater measure. And then he goes on to verse 14. He says, I will put my spirit in you. You know what that means to us today? I'm going to fill you up with my spirit. I'm going to turn the Holy Ghost loose on you. Come on. I'm going to fill you up to where you, you, you think some bad things are happening. God's going to turn them around and make good things take place in your life. And the Spirit of God is going to continually fill you. And you're going to be able to rise above that situation. Oh, come on. You're going to be able to rise above that circumstance. You're going to have hope when some people say, How are you getting this hope from? Don't you know our economy is bad? Don't you know the world is bad? I'm here to tell you, we got a God that we serve, that we love, that loves you so much that he's saying, I'm going to bring you out of Lodabar. I'm going to bring you out of bondage. I'm going to bring you out into those dry bones. And I'm going to begin to prophesy over you life and hope and love and happiness and joy and grace and the goodness of God over your life. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah. It's still for today. It's still for today. I'm getting all stirred up, even if y'all ain't got me stirred up yet. Here's the other thing, and we are really, really big on this at this church. As he comes in in verse 14. He says, I'm going to place you in my own land, and then you will know that I am the Lord. You're going to know. You know what that is? Identity. Say identity. you got to know who you are. you got to know who you are. you got to know that you are a child of the Most High God. you got to know that you were paid for with the price of Jesus Christ. I was bought with a ransom, with a fee. He's the one that paid it for me. I can't pay it for myself. It's a free gift that I receive from God. He is my advocate when I mess up. He is the one that it, it is my identity. Say identity. Israel had lost their identity. They were held in captive. They were held in bondage. Israel had lost their identity. And he began to prophesy, and he said, look, here's identity. Listen, listen to this. Israel's new life depends on God's power, not on outward circumstances. My new life in Christ Jesus solely depends on God's power, not my outward circumstances. Come on, when things are difficult in your life, the power of the Holy Spirit is what should kick in. And me as a Christian, a believer, a follower of Christ, a follower of the way, when things don't go my way, I'm not moved by my circumstances. Come on, somebody. Because how many of you know circumstances can change? Tell your neighbor, circumstances can change. No, tell them, say, circumstances are changing. They are changing. They are changing. They're changing. Let me give you three things about this vision real quickly. Let me give you three things and, and we'll finish up. Number one, if any of God's people have lost their spiritual life, 
the Holy Spirit can quicken them. If any of God's people have lost their spiritual life, the Holy Spirit can quicken them. Yes? No? Yes. Yes. So what situations in your life, you're looking and you're going, it's impossible. What person is in your life? I have friends and family members that I've said, some people it's like, it's impossible. He ain't coming to the Lord. The Holy Spirit get a hold of him. He will be wooed to come to the things of God. And maybe they've come to the things of God, but they've stepped away or backed away. Or maybe they made a decision to follow Christ years ago, and then the world has come in and forced them to be able to go to a place where they may have lost their way. Maybe you can look at them and you can begin to see that they might be dry bones. I'm here to tell you that prophecy wants to be able to bring forth and begin to begin to prophesy to those bones to become alive again. The second thing, the second thing that I want to give you Is God's the only one that can awaken them? I tried it. My husband, he ain't living for God. I try to tell him every single day, you better live for God. How's that working for you? It's been 13 years. He still ain't been to church. Why? Because every Sunday you get up and you dog him about coming to church. Is this the truth, y'all? Come on. You can't be somebody else's Holy Spirit. It's got to be the power of God to begin to move in your life. In fact, if you're not ready to follow God, then get out to church. When you're ready to come on in the church, and let's make a difference in this land, in this community, in this nation, in this state, then let's get together and do it. Let's quit messing around with Christianity, and you're either in or you're out, and let's get in on the deal, and let's go after the things that God has. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. But I got news for you. I got news for you. If you're out to church and you dry bones, we prophesy unto you. We prophesy unto you. You coming. You on the way. You a pre-Christian. You're on the way. You're on the way. You got family members and kids. You're going to begin to prophesy them and say, God, wake them up in the middle of the night. Give them an experience of your love. Give them an experience of your grace. Give them an experience of your mercy. God, release your goodness upon their life because it's the goodness of God that brings a man to repentance. Why am I over here when I should be in here? What am I doing over there when I should be here? Why am I in the dark when I should be in the light? Why am I away from Christ when I should be with Christ? Can I get an amen for that? Y'all okay? Y'all all right? So the second thing is that God's got to be the one. It takes pressure off of us. Whew. I don't have to worry about Shelly. takes pressure off her takes pressure off of her, saying, man, well, Eric would get his act together. There was, I heard a testimony of a guy that's been going to church for many, many years now. He said, I didn't like God. I didn't want to go to church. I didn't want nothing to do with the church. He said, my wife would get up every Sunday and she'd go to church. She would ask me the first two or three times they were married, do you want to go to church? want to go to church? No. No, not going to church. He said, she came to the point where she never asked me. And I think he said it was three years Every Sunday, every Wednesday, she went to church. Finally, one Sunday, she got up, and he saw her, and he got up, and she goes, what are you doing? He said, I'm going to church. And at that time, he had been to church 27 years. Give the Lord some praise for that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
the Holy Spirit, the power of God, that's all I'm saying, is God's the only one that's going to waken this thing up. I can speak to it, and I can prophesy, and Ezekiel spoke to it, and he prophesied, and guess what happened? The bones came together, and the muscles and the tendons and the ligaments came together, and the flesh came together, but that's all that happened. Until he prophesied what? The breath, the wind to come and blow in. So that's why we pray. God, give them an encounter. Give them an encounter. Do you want an encounter of God's love? No, do you want an encounter of God's love? I cried out. I said, God, i got to have an encounter of your love. I know, I know I love you, and I know you love me, but I need to know. How many of you know with my wife? I need to know she loves me. She need to know I love her. Are you with me? She needs that. What's the difference between God, our heavenly Father, the one that loves us, that he sent his son to die upon the cross for us? He loved us so much that if you were the only one, I've heard to say, if you were the only one, you're not the only one. There's many of us. But if you were the only one, he would have done the same thing. Turn to your neighbor and say, get ready. The third thing, let me give you the third thing really quick is that Ezekiel began to prophesy the Ruach of God, the breath of God. And when he did that, there was, there was hope. Say hope. See, there's hope for the resurrection of the believer. Whether Jesus comes back or you go home to be with him, whichever comes first. Are you with me? There is hope for the resurrection of the believer. My death is part of my life. Man, pastors and I, we had some conversations. Sean and I were talking about this. As a Christian, I'm not afraid to die. Shelly won't let me jump out of airplanes, but she's afraid that I might. Are you with me? But I'm not afraid to die. I'm talking about with a parachute, y'all. I'm not afraid to die. I don't want to die before the time. I want to be able to see my kids and my grandkids fulfill those things. I want to do what the Bible says. I, I, maybe Genesis 6, I live 120 years. I want to live in health. Can you get an Amen. But if I die, man, if I die, what happens? I'm going to be absent from the body. I'm going to be present with the Lord. I mean, y'all don't weep for me. Don't weep for me. If I go home to be with Jesus, not before time. Are you with me? I'm, I, I, want, I, want to, I want to fulfill everything that God wants me to do. But we look at it and say, oh, man, death is so hard. To a believer, it's the beginning. Hey, come on. If you don't know Jesus, the best you got is this world. But if you know Jesus, this is the worst it gets. <laughs> it's true. You're like, man, don't you enjoy them steaks and that baked potato? Man, yeah, that's good, but that's, that's, that's nothing compared to what I have in heaven. Come on, somebody. Well, what about that car? You got a car with a leather seat? Yeah, but that's nothing compared to what I got in heaven. Come on, somebody. Are you with me? See, that's the thing. It's better. It's better. I mean, this, this is nothing. I mean, we, we, we're wearing gold around our necks and putting it on our rings, and up there it's asphalt. <laughs> Are you with me? You can't have enough money that would impress God. Come on, somebody. So we begin to look at that and we say, wait a minute, that is, that's even, that's even a, a greater thing. So there's hope. Say there's hope. There's hope. If you're born again, if you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you're committed to the things of God, there is hope, man. There is hope. This life, the Bible is very clear, is but a vapor. It's but a vapor. And it seems like a long time to some of us, don't it? And then when you get older, it like goes by so fast. And as a kid, when you talk to them, you know, at 10 or 12 or 15 years old, it's like, man, when am I ever going to grow up? Well, man, then all of a sudden you grow up, and then you're looking and going, where did that all go to? There's hope. Last scripture. Last scripture. Hebrews 4.12. Let me put this up for you. 
It says the word of God, the word that God, this is an amplified version. I love this version. The word that God speaks is alive and full of power. The word of God speaks is alive and full of power. And the amplified version says, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. Who would not want that? I got a word for you. Don't be reading my mail. No, this word is energizing, effective. It's, come on, somebody. It's, it's operative. It is active. It's going to be a good word. Anybody want a good word from the Lord? Come on, somebody. I want a good word from the Lord. I got enough people telling me how bad things are. I need the people of God to begin to stand up and start prophesying to the dry bones and begin to stand up. Would you please? Begin to stand up and start prophesying to those things that are in their life that say, look, you, you might have thought some of us were addicted to alcohol or drugs or whatever it might be, pornography. We were addicted to those things. Are you with me? That's not who you are. That's not who you are. It's like, wait a minute. That might be a byproduct of what you were, but God says, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old has passed away. The new has come. I'm going to begin to rise up, and my dry bones are now coming together, and I got some muscle and some meat on them, and all of a sudden, I'm like, hey, I got some skin. But you know what? It's all good, but if I don't have the breath of God breathing out my life. The breath of God breathing on my life. I want to have the breath of God breathing on my life. That army was there. That army was ready. We, 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 we were talking about prophesying your way forward. That's the title of this message. Prophesying your way forward. Not your way back. Your way forward. I'm ready to move forward. Are you ready to move forward? I'm ready to move forward. Man, maybe I just got to have a word from the Lord. I come in today, Pastor, just give me a word from the Lord. Guess what? You got one. The dry bones are coming together. The tendons and ligaments and the skin is coming together. And all of a sudden you were knocked down and now you're rising up. And maybe you thought you were done, but God says, no, you're not done. Maybe you thought you've made a mistake that is so great that God cannot forgive. I'm here to tell you he can forgive every mistake I've ever made. Not only has, but he does. Can I get an amen for that? So this word of God, when we prophesy, the dry bones can be a human condition. The dry bones can be people today. The dry bones can be we're dead in our trespasses and sin. Here's my illustration. The dry bones are before Christ. Before Christ. Then I come to Christ. And I'm like this prophetic word, this dream where all of a sudden I'm coming together. And then when I give my life to Christ, He breathes on me. And now I'm on my journey. Are you with me? Today, 2013, this is my journey. Some may be here on their journey. Some may be here on their journey. Some may be here on their journey. Sometimes I think I'm over here on my journey when really I'm probably here on my journey. But all of a sudden He breathes life into us. He breathes life into us. What about the breath? What about the Ruach of God? Well, are you ready for God to breathe life into you? Because you've got to let Him. You've got to let Him. He begins to start breathing life into you. Prophecy for us today is speaking the good news. Say, i got good news. It's about good news. It's about hearing the word of the Lord. And you know what Ezekiel did? He heard it and then did it. 
He prophesied. He commanded me to prophesy. I'm prophesying. I'm prophesying. I'm prophesying. I'm prophesying. It's not over. The deal's not done yet. Your future is greater than your past. The windshield is bigger. The rearview mirror is smaller because you keep looking in the rearview mirror. We only glance to the rearview mirror, but we are driven and we see through the windshield. So you have got a great future ahead of you. It's time to get on it. It's time to get after it. It's time to go to it. It's time to get away from the past. Those dry bones, God is speaking to you. Even today, he brought you here to say, look, I got some dry bones that you used to be, but now I'm going to assemble you, and I'm going to breathe life into you, and your future is going to be greater than your past. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord some praise for that. Hallelujah. I'm like, I want that. That's me. That's me, God. That's me, God. That's me. Some of us were dry. Will you stand to your feet? Just stand up a moment. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, you know what? I just need the Spirit of God to begin to just breathe on me. Let's take just a moment. Just close your eyes just a moment, please. I'm doing this only because I don't want you to be worried about who's next to you and what's going on. The Word of the Lord has come today and it's a message of life it's a message of hope it's a message of strength it's a message of power it's a message of not living in your past but moving into your future the prophecy that was declared gave him hope but when God breathed on it it gave him life did you see that Did you see that in the scriptures Ezekiel prophesied to the bones and they were dry and they came together, but that's not what brought them life. That's what brought them hope. But when God breathed on them, there was life. It was the Spirit's power that made that army live. The Spirit, His power, the breath of God, the Ruach of God. Prophecy gives you hope, but God's breath brings life. Let him breathe on you today. Breathe on us today. Breathe on us today. Maybe your dreams have gone away. God's saying, I'm breathing on your dreams today. I'm letting your dreams line up with my dreams. Maybe we're breathing on God's word today. And Jeremiah 29, 11 says, The plans I have for you, declares the Lord, not to harm you, but to give you hope and a future. What about that? He's breathing. He's sending life. Life, 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 life. I I prophesy life over your life. I prophesy an abundant life. I prophesy breakthroughs. I prophesy victories. I prophesy blessings to be upon your life. I prophesy God's favor to be upon your life. Not just one area, but every area. You're going to begin to say, whoa, whoa, only God did this. Whoa, only God did this. Only this could have happened. God has done this. This, I couldn't do this. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not handsome enough. I'm not tall enough. Only God could do this. He's breathing life, 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 life. You're prophesying your way forward. Let me pray for you, Father. We just declare life over your people here today. Individually. That you breathe on them. God, the hurts and the pains that they've gone through, the difficulties that they've had through this world, 
that you just begin to breathe on those. The open wounds will begin to receive healing. Father, breathe on us as a state. Breathe on us as a city. Breathe on us even as a nation. Breathe on us as a church to supply the needs to meet and to help those and to encourage those that are hurting. Father, we just release your goodness right now upon your lives. The lives of your people, your sons and your daughters. I prophesy identity. That you will come into the place where it's not about you as much as it is about what God's doing through you. And you are his son. You are his daughter. You are royalty. You have destiny. You have plan. You have purpose. And the deal's not over. It's not done. You may have messed up, but you're getting back up. You may have been knocked down, but you're going to begin to rise to the occasion. You may have said, this has got me. But God says you're breaking out today, and you're stepping in. You're coming out of the dark and into the light. You're coming out of the dominion of Satan, into the dominion of the kingdom of his dear son, which is Jesus Christ. We declare and prophesy that over your life today. In Jesus' name. Come on, somebody needs to give the Lord a great big shout of praise. Hallelujah. 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 The ushers are going to come and come. They're going to move this. Two things that we will always, always, always do. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, before you leave, this is an opportunity just to come. He says, if you'll acknowledge me before men, I'll acknowledge you before my Father, which is in heaven. The other thing is prayer. If you need prayer today, the Bible says if two come together, agree on any one thing touching, it'll be done for you. So I'm going to have the prayer teams. Those of you guys, come on up. We're just going to, we're going to just let the Spirit of God minister today. You go forth in His power and His might today. So if you don't know Jesus, come. Receive Him. If you need prayer for anything in your life today, we're here to pray for you. God bless you. You guys are dismissed. Go forth and let the, the, the breath of God breathe on you today. In Jesus' name, God bless.